Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 150. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. <laughs> How are you going today, Kel? I'm I'm Good. I just both of us are like had like little coughing fits and little like oh quick I had to go get some water. You had to go get some lip gloss. Like <laughs> and I totally forgot. I messaged Kel and I was like, oh, I'm ready to record when you are. And then I totally forgot that I'd sent her that message. And I was like, I don't know, looking at jumpsuits on Everlane or something. And then the phone call that comes through the headphones is so loud it scared the crap out of me. And so I'm just like my 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 heart is like beating in my chest. So I'm not. Not feeling super calm right now, but I, I reckon we're going to be all right. We're such professionals. Um, yeah, sorry. In response to how am I? Um, I'm good. It was my birthday on Sunday, and um, happy birthday! Thank you. So no, it was very. It was a fun. It, it tends to be hard lead ups to the day when it's like a day that's coming up, um, and then yeah, the day you mentioned that before. Yeah, it's always like. Yeah, the anticip- anticipation of it. I think like so, you know, this year is because like, you know, I'm not really big on my own birthday. I'm like, well, whatever, it's just a day. Well, no, once like yeah, once we had really kids, happy. I was like, eh, who cares about your own birthday? But um Aunt really was into birthdays and he always really went out of his way to do something just, you know, to put in some effort and do something nice for me and um so, you know, I, I had that like thought in my head that like right now he would be trying to think of something, you know, what am I going to do to make it special? And, um, but then also last year on his birth, um, on my birthday, um, my friend Nat came and picked me up and took me to lunch with oh. like my other two besties. Um, so, you know, it was kind it was of a like, double whammy this it was year. a very, very big double whammy. Um, so yes, okay. I had a, I had a very sad week, and then I had also had a moment of weakness when I was talking to someone at the basketball club that I admitted to them I was having a sad week, and oh, because it's my birthday on Sunday. And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, oh no, that now people are going to try and do something nice for me for my birthday, oh. and <laughs> no, you know, and I don't like a fuss. And but anyway, um, it was really nice. Like you you but, don't want someone to do something, but you want to be sad that. Ant's not here to do something Yeah, for you. I just want Ant to do something nice for me, um, even though I didn't even need him to do anything nice for me. It was just more that it was something that was important to him and yeah. um, I liked indulging that importance to him, even though I didn't really, I just wasn't fussed, but it, it was important for him to make a fuss and I'm not someone that likes a fuss to be made, but I would let him make a fuss of me on my birthday. Yeah. Um, but, yes, and then as, like as soon as I mentioned it to the person at the basketball club, I thought, oh, no, please don't, please don't do anything crazy or that's gonna bring attention to me because I'm not into that stuff um and no they just they did do something really nice but it was just very low-key and very nice and lovely and yeah it was it's a nice day in the end so anyway people are lovely uh thank you to the people who looked after me on my birthday um how are you Carl's (laughs) I know things have been pretty average like really quite average to below average Mm. actually (laughs) like I I called uh one of my girlfriends last night and she's uh, we're both in Victoria I'm in stage three lockdown she's in stage four and on the surface there doesn't seem to be a huge stage three and four but there really is like 
stage four is one hour of walking a day. And when you've got a kid, you have to ration it. If you've got a dog, you have to ration it. If you walk to your local supermarket, you have to somehow include that. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, In stage three, at least we're allowed to exercise with one other member outside of our household. Um, And children under the age of two don't count. So I'm allowed to wear a mask and go for a walk with a girlfriend. Um, and like that doesn't, that sounds like such a special treat. Um, but it is actually saving my bacon at the moment. And my poor friend in Melbourne doesn't get any of that. Her best mate has just had a baby. Um, and she was talking to her mate who's also in stage four with a newborn and she's got this poor kid in a, um, a pram walking up and down on her patio because she's already had her one hour walk today. And I'm just like, this is, this is garbage. This is absolute garbage. And it's just kind of reached the point where we're just all tired and we're sick of it. And it's just our life is, it's Tuesday on a week when you think it's Friday. Yeah. (laughs) That's just the general feeling. And it's also hard. Like I'm trying to remain really positive and stay upbeat and, you know, be grateful for the stuff that I do have because we're actually, we're, we're so, so fortunate. Um, but it's just it's just Groundhog Day. You yeah. Just get up in the morning. And it's the same. Weekends mean nothing. We don't get to see anyone. We don't get to go anywhere. There's no and like I haven't been out for dinner it, because I had Harriet last year, obviously. And you you don't tend to go out a lot for dinners when you have a newborn baby because you'd really just rather <laughs> sleep. And you're like, oh, I've got the rest of my life to go out for dinner. So I was really keen on actually doing <laughs> yeah. stuff this year. And I went out for one dinner and then the whole state shut down. So it's just, and it's it's harder for us this time as well because we can see people in other states yes. basically going about their business, and yeah. that is making it really difficult. And um, most people are being fantastic, but there are a few people that are being really friggin' tone deaf, <laughs> and and you know, posting about the fun stuff that they're doing on the weekends. And I'm like, guys, I, like, you know, I get it, but we are in lockdown. A lot of the world is also yeah. in lockdown as well. Like, just just be a little bit more sensitive yeah. about it. Like, oh, you know, and I'm just so conscious away. of um, <laughs> let's not be smart. I mean, I'm just quite freaked out. Of it. So we're recording this when New Zealand just, <gasps> just like, so New Zealand, which we thought had pretty much eradicated it, somehow has developed community transmission from it. And it I still don't. somehow. Do we know why that's happened? Because that's freaking me out. Because I'm like, well, WA hasn't had a case of community transmission. We, we've had no cases of community transmission. Um, and The only thing I heard was that it came from a family who apparently lived quite close to the airport. This is all speculation and has not been confirmed in any way, but this is the one thing that I heard that I thought, oh, that actually makes sense, um, is that the family lived quite close to the airport and air... Uh, hostess is the wrong word. What is it, the 60s? <laughs> what am I talking uh, about, the, people? The stewardess. No, I- the, the, I can't think of it. The cabin stuff. The cabin Cabin stuff. stuff. Oh my god! (laughs) Honestly, I've I I have lost the ability to find words this week. Um, So the cabin staff are not required to self isolate at either end because that's just hideously impractical. You can't work a shift and then isolate for two weeks. So apparently, that's one of the exceptions to the rules. And so there's there's rumours that maybe the family somehow came into contact with air cabin staff that maybe had it that weren't forced into quarantine Mm. um none of that's anyone's fault by the way it's just the way it is because you know that there are there are community transmission cases that just happen because someone wasn't symptomatic and happened to be carrying it and then there's total dumbass 
versions of that where people are totally symptomatic and then go to a family wedding and cough on everyone. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's different, like, it's not always someone's fault if they happen to spread the virus. It sounds like this family are being really cooperative and really helpful, which is, you know, just fantastic. But it's just horrifying because I heard that in Auckland and my my friend likened it to your favourite celebrity couple breaking up. (laughs) It's like... If they can't make it, what hope is there for Well, the rest this is of it. it. Like I was just like, I just I need to understand how this happened because if it can happen in New Zealand, which had pretty much eradicated it, like it can happen anywhere, like, you know, like it doesn't matter. And you guys didn't even lock down as hard as anywhere else. No. You know, so we just it's... we just made use of our um our isolation, you know. But mm. yes. Absolutely. Oh, anyway, um, yeah. on to recommendation of the week. Sorry, very, very <laughs> non-smooth segue there, but I'm just like, oh, man, like what, what are we going to do here? All right, recommendation yeah, of exactly. the week. <laughs> <laughs> recommendation of the week. My recommendation this week is a TV show. It's called Westworld. It is available on Binge. Um, it's it's a, another of the millions of streaming service, services. I'm just signed up. <laughs> I was like, what because- the heck is Binge? <laughs> Oh, I, it's got HBO because we've had a lot of time uh, getting HBO shows in Australia because I don't think you can subscribe directly to HBO. And then there's a whole bunch of licensing stuff. Like I'm more than happy to pay for shows, but just let me pay for them and have them, please. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a real problem in Australia. Um, so it's available on Binge, which we just signed up for. And Binge has got a couple of other really good things as well, mainly HBO though, and they've got some fabulous documentaries that I'm keen to look at. One, I know that there's a few true crime followers out there. There's a, um, a documentary called I'll Be Gone in the Dark that is the documentary version of the book that was about the Golden Gate sorry, the Golden State Killer. Sorry, guys, I'm going to be correcting myself constantly because my brain is not working. So, um, yes, the Golden State Killer, which I'm going to watch. But anyway, this is about Westworld. Um, So we started watching it years ago, like way back when we were living in Fitzroy. And then for some reason we just tapped out of it. But Ben's brother was like, season three is out and you have to watch it. It's great. We thought we'd watched season two and started watching season three. (laughs) And then we were just going, no, we definitely have not watched season two. So we've gone back and we're watching it. And it is, it's just such a really good, fun, just really excellent show that's very immersive and you kind of forget you exist while you're watching it, which is what we all need right now. Uh, It stars Rachel Evan Wood, who is just such a magical creature. I would watch her in anything. I just think she's phenomenal. And, yeah, we're really enjoying it. We're just sort of watching one episode before we go to bed at night, and it's lovely. So I highly recommend and highly recommend getting binged so you can watch it. (laughs) You know, we watched Westworld because my brother-in-law recommended it to us. So we watched it season one ages ago. And... I did not love it. I was, well, you know, I was like, it was quite slow moving and I was like, that's fine, that's fine because there's going to be a killer payoff at the end of the season, right? The end of season one got really confusing. I was just so confused and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, you've just made me work so hard to get here and you have not wrapped things up in a neat little bow. So you're telling me it gets heaps better or it starts to make more sense? It starts making a lot more sense. Don't rewatch season one. Oh, no, I couldn't. Um, no, because the last few episodes of that, I tapped out of it because, I yeah, I had the exact same thing as you. I was just going, this was going so well, and now I don't care. I don't yes. care about any of this. <laughs> yes. Right. And um, so, we, yeah, so we just stopped watching it. And I, I just find that, like, when we stop caring about a show, 
we don't crave watching it and then we just don't anymore. Yeah. Like a really good show is one that you can't wait until yes. the kid goes to bed so that you can watch That's it. That's right. <laughs> that stopped being that for us. Season two is really good. I jumped straight back into it again and it's 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 really picking up again. Apparently season three is outstanding. So, okay. you know, give it a go. All right, because I am all caught up with Billions and, of course, they're not taping any more shows right now because of COVID. Mm. So, um I checked back on there the other day and I was like, oh, no, still no more shows. And they went online and they were like, ah, yeah, we can't um, we can't do our job right now because of COVID. I was like, oh. Okay. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, in two years' time, there's going to be a severe lack of yeah. new TV shows and movies. But in two years' time, we will have done nothing but watch TVs and movies and we're just going to go out and live our lives for a while. Yeah. So it will just all kind of even itself out. No, that's right. Um, my recommendation of the week is the Shameless podcast that you have recommended, that a few people in the group have recommended. Um, so I listened to it for the first time the other day because I was just looking for something a little bit light and easy and where I didn't have to think too much. And, um, yeah, it was perfect. It was just like listening to a conversation between friends and um, I was, it was like a good radio show without ads, I thought. So yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. I listen to it every Monday and they talk about all the things that – I thought about and saw on yeah. the internet in the past week and chatted with my friends and there's um it's it's a t- it's a tiny bit young for me <laughs> um just because I'm an older lady um <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff about reality TV which I don't really watch a lot of so they talk about the bachelor and reality TV shows and that's not really my bag but um I still listen to it anyway and you know I I listen to all the batchy stuff and they make it really interesting anyway, even if it's not something that you're into. Well, I kind of look at it like, you know, I'll go on Twitter and I know what's happening on The Bachelor or on Survivor or whatever show is going exactly, on at the time. Yeah. MasterChef, I watch none of these shows, but I know kind of who the people yeah. are and what's going on thanks to Twitter. So um, it's a bit like that. Um, exactly. Okay. So, Carl, your random thing of the week? So my random thing of the week is is a little bit heavy and it comes with a little bit of a trigger trigger warning. It contains references to uh, child abuse. So if you just want to skip forward, if that's a trigger for you, it's not details of child abuse. It's just a, an interesting thing that I read about child sexual abuse. Um, so I was reading an article recently about what to look for and how to protect your kids from potential sexual abuse. And there was just this fantastic tip that I wanted to share with everyone because, um, you know, it's it's something you, you, you get a whole bunch of these tips, but it's very rare that you hear an unusual one or one that you go, oh, wow, that's actually a really excellent idea. Well, because so it's something art- that we you just do without thinking and you think it's a bit fun and... Exactly. It isn't. So carry on. Exactly. That kind of thing. So this article recommends asking your family, so uncles, aunties, cousins, grandparents, that kind of thing, even family friends, to not have secrets with your child. So they're asking that you eradicate all of those. Don't tell mum we had an ice cream or don't tell your parents I let you stay up late because if you encourage and allow small secrets like that with children, it normalises secrets between adults and children and makes children more susceptible to keeping bigger secrets for adults who have ill intentions. So, like, adults just should not have secrets with children. And I just, I really liked that tip and it was something 
something new I hadn't heard before. And I've actually worked with a lot of at-risk children and I've done a lot of work with children, um, you know, that, that come from homes where they have been abused. And I haven't heard this before. And I just thought it was such an excellent tip. And I've just been telling everyone I know who has kids about this. And it was just so great. And I just wanted to share it with readers. And um, it, yeah, it's just so important to tell everyone close to you to not have secrets with your children and explain to them why as well. Yeah, I do think so. I think um, it's a t- difficult topic that we kind of don't want to talk about, but I think it is important to have these conversations, um, especially yeah. those of us who are lucky enough not to have ever experienced anything like this. It wouldn't ever cross our minds. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I really like that you've said. So that I, I. Yeah. I am sorry. I didn't. I, it's not a topic that I would usually bring up in this podcast. And usually, my random thing of the week is funny or silly. But I just thought it was such a fantastic thing. And I, I, you know how when you, when you learn something and you you think about it often, and yeah. you think that was just I'm so grateful that I have that knowledge now. And I just really wanted our readers to have that knowledge as well. So I'm sorry if that if that brought something up for you. That was not my intention, but I I really wanted that to be something that I shared with our readers because I think it's very important and and clever. I just thought the cleverness of it behind it was great. Yeah. Okay, so on to the topic of this week, and this week it's about jealousy and comparing yourself to others. So, look, this is an age-old problem, and it has roots in the fact that, look, we humans are inherently wired for competition. So this wiring is one of the reasons we've managed to climb to the top of the tree in the animal kingdom, but it's also wiring that can make us deeply unhappy and very angsty if we don't manage it well. So today we're going to share five tips that help you just manage this very natural and normal thing better. So, Carls, what's our first tip? The first tip I have today is to look to the big players. So Steve Jobs didn't say, oh, no, Microsoft already make computers. I guess <laughs> I can't do that now. So I think it's just important to bring it back to the fact that there really is enough room for everyone. And just because someone is already doing the thing that you want to do doesn't mean that you can't do it too. So I always think that I'm so grateful that people like Gretchen Rubin and Brene Brown didn't think to themselves, oh, well, Elizabeth Gilbert's already done the self-help thing, so we're not even going to go there. Yeah, totally. I, it's always curious to me when people think, oh, you know, that person's done my thing, so I'm not going to do it now. Like I kind of see someone else doing something well or having something well received as like proof of concept. Um, and I also really love the way that having different people tackle a particular conversation or a topic and I love how they can expand and add nuance to that topic. I just like it's kind of one of my favorite things and I actually have a really good example of this. So the topic of habits, which is something that you all know has fascinated me for years. And um, I remember reading the Charles Duhigg book, The Power of Habit, which I reckon must have come out oh, six, six or seven years ago, um, six years I ago. I reckon about then. Yeah. And and when I read it, it just like it just blew. You know, so I'd already had a lot of interest in habits, done a lot of reading around the habits topic, but then I read this book and it just blew my mind because it was so well-researched, so well-written, like the storytelling was excellent. Um, and then Gretchen Rubin brought out her book on habits kind of a few years later. And I was like, well, you know, I love Gretchen, but I just I don't really see what she's going to add to the conversation here. So, like, it took me like – a solid year to get around to reading it. Like I didn't read it when it came straight out. Um, so I read it about it a year later because I just thought, oh, look, it's going to be the same stuff as Power of Habit but presented differently. But, you know, Gretchen, as everyone who listens to this podcast knows, 
um, she did add to the conversation because in Better Than Before, that's where she first introduced the concept of the four tendencies, you know, the obliger, the, um, oh, my God, I'm having a complete blank, um, <laughs> the upholder, the obliger, upholder, the rebel, and the questioner, um, which I know is, you know, everyone has their thoughts around whether these tendencies are, are things or not. And I always come back to look. All Gretchen did with these things was share something she observed about how different people came to the habit formation question because she wanted to answer the question, why are habits so easy for me but so hard for my friends? So she introduced the concept of tendencies and she also offered really practical strategies around creating habits. And then another one of my favourite writers is just James Clear. Like he took on the topic and he wrote, also wrote an insanely readable and practical book around the topic, which was Atomic Habits. Um, and I just think, look, here's three very clever people all writing about the same topic and they've all brought really different things to the table. So all of this is to say, like, just don't let the fact that somebody else has done the thing that you want to do stop you from doing the thing um, because I just think everybody's got their own particular knowledge, their own perspective to bring to that topic. And I just think if it interests you, then you owe it to the world to add your own nuance to the topic. There you go. I completely (laughs) agree. Uh, Number two, I want everyone to repeat after me, (laughs) comparison is the thief of joy. No matter how many times I do this, comparing myself to other people never, ever, ever makes me feel better, even if I win. <laughs> especially if I win. So if I have like a particularly bad day and I'm admitting that I, <laughs> look, I haven't done this in years, but I, I admit that I, I have done this quite a lot in the past. I have, I have Googled a girl who was mean to me in high school <laughs> and I've seen that she hasn't done that much with her life. And that didn't make me feel better because it made me feel like a shit person for trying to find joy in that. So even if you're comparing yourself to other people and trying to make yourself feel like you're the one that's winning in that comparison, that's still not going to help. Comparisons are bad, even if you come out on top. Yeah, I, do, I find the same. So I get the, you get that little, little, that initial thrill of winning the comparison game. And then you have to deal with the shame of using someone else's misfortune or poor performance as a means to elevate yourself. So yeah, it's not, not a fun roller coaster ride. Um, I look, I think it's okay to be interested in what other people are doing. But I do really believe that if you're going to compare, compare yourself to yourself. Um, I do find myself having this conversation over and over again with Jaden and his basketball teammates. Um, oh, of course. You know. sport. That must be oh, such a minefield. It is, you know. And it's so interesting watching the little psychology um, of it and trying to help them, you know, understand things. That, you know, And I'm just like, oh, I'm trying to help make 10 and 11-year-olds to understand things that took me into my 20s and 30s to really understand but I'm like I can fast track them if they can learn this now <laughs> like their sporting life is going to be so much easier and I just say to them look there is such delight to be found in personal improvement but you're never ever going to be able to notice personal improvement and those little constant micro wins if you're always only focused on what other people are doing so I don't know if it's getting through. I don't, I don't know. I think it's probably not, but um, I try anyway. <laughs> and I just remind myself of it as well. So, yes. Tip three? 
Number three is to unfollow people who trigger negative thought patterns in you. So just because you've followed someone on Instagram doesn't mean you have to keep following them and you don't even have to have a reason to unfollow someone. It's enough that something in their content didn't make you feel good or seems to lead you to comparing yourself to them. I think quiet unfollowing Mm. is extremely healthy. Um, What's not okay is making a big song and dance about it. So (laughs) unless they've done something particularly offensive, just walk away and don't make this about them. This also applies to friends. If you've got a close friend whose content is or or whatever it is that they're putting on Facebook is not making you feel good within yourself, you can mute them. You can, there's, there's a variety of different things that you can do where you can just disengage with that particular person. Um, and you also don't have to feel guilty about doing it because a lot of the time you can come across people that are quite triggering and you kind of hate yourself for feeling triggered by them because they're, they're lovely and they're fine and they're not doing anything offensive. But every time they pop up in your feed, they make you feel inadequate or mm. they make you feel like you should be doing more with your life. Um, that's not their problem. Just quietly back away, no harm, no foul, move on. Yeah, I so agree. I've done many quiet unfollows. And usually, you know, when I self-reflect after I do that unfollow, it's never about that person and it's always about me. And usually the personal space I'm in at that at that time. So, yeah, I do think that whenever something we see makes us feel bad, it's probably worth asking, why does this make mm. me feel bad? Don't, don't overthink it too much, but just ask yourself. Because um, I think we just go, oh, this person's such an idiot and I'm, I'm done with them. But it's actually almost always a reflection of, of where you are and it's not them, it's you. Um, so I also strongly suggest if you find yourself following someone because their life is a bit of a shit show train wreck, and following them makes you feel better about yourself. This is maybe not healthy. And That's um, an amazing tip, Kelly. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Yeah, I just, you know, I do think, I think there's, there's people out there that you follow them because you're like, oh, look, you know, it's like a new mum when you're a new mum and they share like, you know, they're quite open about like the hard things that they're facing and it's nice to feel like, oh, we're all in this together. But then they, I think often a lot of us do get caught hate following someone. And, you know, there's that shied and fried thing. I don't even know. How do you say that word? Shut. 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 We do this every time. Shut and fried. Shut. Everyone knows. Shut and frow. I actually looked up how to say this word today just so I could say it in the podcast and I still screwed it up. Anyway, and there you go. You can all have shut and fried thing about me getting that word wrong. But, um, look. We take pleasure in their misfortune and their misfortune makes us feel better about our lives. And I just think that that is probably just as unhealthy as following someone who makes you feel bad about yourself. So don't hate follow is the the bottom line there. Number four is don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlights reel. So even the most authentic and honest people severely edit the version of themselves they present publicly, both online and in person. And that's not to say that everyone you meet is a big old liar and a fake. It's just that you have to assume that what they're putting out there is exactly what you want them to see. So don't compare someone's best day to your worst day. It is extremely unbalanced comparison and it does absolutely nothing to serve you. Yeah, and I think it's important to note this has always been a thing. Like we, we we try to blame social media for this, but like this thing where we really only share the best of our lives with people bar very rare moments of vulnerability with people we feel very safe with and, you know, present this very curated version of ourselves and our lives to the world. Like this has been going on time immemorial. Um, mm. Social media has just amplified that tendency to another level. Um, and there's, look, there's two 
I've got two examples or two areas of my life that have really given me a real understanding that everyone is fighting battles we can't see. I know that's a really trite term, but it's very true as well. So one was being an elite athlete and, you know, following other elite athletes from afar. And, you know, of course, I'm building a picture of what I think their perfect lives look like um, based on just their performances in races. And then, you know, you become friends with these people and you get to know them well and you come to realize that they just have, they've just, everyone's got stuff going on in the background. You know, you're just seeing this very great performance. And even often sometimes in a great performance, there's been a lot of stuff going on in that race, you know, that I always found that so interesting that I just on the surface, I'd go, wow, you just had a great race today. And they're like, oh, actually like, you know, my water bottle fell off and I didn't have any nutrition and I had to kind of fight through this. And I'm like, oh, wow, I had no idea all that stuff was going on. Um, And the same thing was when I first started blogging. So I was following all these bloggers from afar and of course built just a picture of what I thought. And this is blogging is I think big for this is like what, you know, we think that what people share on their blogs is very open and a very wide ranging, you know, insight into their life, but it's still very curated. And I, you know, absolutely. And this is it. I was following all these bloggers and like thinking I had a real great understanding of what their lives look like. And then I got to know all these people as friends and I was like, yep, I had no idea at all. So, um, you know, as you noted, Carl, it's just important that when you see that moment on social media or in a conversation, you just are seeing a highlight. You're not seeing all the shit that sits behind the highlight and there is always, always shit. Sorry, I've said the word shit so many times. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. I was sitting to Shameless in the car Let's with the kids. Um, and they were like every second word was like F and I'm like, and Jade is just looking at me and I'm like, um, just put your headphones on, please. <laughs> Sorry, Carl's number five. Um, there was just one thing I wanted to say before I move on to tip number five. Uh, we're kind of framing this around online stuff, um, mainly because we're ma- we're seeing people online pretty much exclusively at the moment, <laughs> yeah. anyway. So we're always talking about what you're seeing on Facebook. This applies to both people you know and people you don't know, sparking yeah. jealousy in you. Because I'm assuming, like, whenever I get a jealousy moment from someone else. 99% of the time it's because I saw something about them on the internet. Yeah. It's very rarely because they told me to their face. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah. I usually really like it when people tell me good things to my face. <laughs> interesting observation. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So number five is to look at other people's success as a marker for what's possible and maybe give yourself a bit of a kick up the bum. So it is really hard, but if someone else has something you want, that means it's possible for you too. And this could mean anything. It could mean a health journey, a career that you love, early retirement. A lot of the time when we're jealous of what someone has achieved, what we're actually jealous of is the effort that they were Mm. able to put into achieving that thing. So when you see someone who's achieved something brilliant, it often puts a spotlight on yourself and will show you how you gave up on something that you thought that you really, really wanted. Yeah, I so love this one. I'm glad we're ending on this tip because, um, or this thought, because I totally see other people's success as useful data. And, you know, as I Mm. mentioned earlier, like a proof of concept. Um, And I've also, I also take notice of jealousy, like when I feel jealous as indicating to me that something is important to me. But it's interesting what you just said there about like being jealous of the effort or, 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 um, understanding the effort they've put in because, 
sometimes so often, not just sometimes, more often than not, like we want the success that we've seen, but we don't really want the life that goes with it. So, exactly, you know, I do. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I was finding myself constantly jealous of a friend who was like running really well and she was doing marathons and half marathons and bettering her times. And, you know, I, I said to myself, well, Kelly, clearly you want to get back to running competitively so that you too can get that buzz of, you know, doing well in races and achieving PBs. So I started training for a marathon and then I very, very quickly realized as, as much as I really coveted the buzz of what I was seeing my friend achieve, I didn't actually want to do all the work required to get that buzz. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of look now, when I, when I find myself feeling jealous of someone's success or jealous of something that I've seen someone do, um, I kind of do a bit of an experiment um, and I see it as jealousy is telling me something might be important to me and I'll have a crack at it, but I do it with kind of curiosity and an open mind and quite often I'm surprised to learn that actually that thing I thought was really important isn't important to me at all. But I do think it's important to do the experiment because if I just kind of sat there looking at my friend doing all these great running things and not trying to do it myself, I would still probably be jealous. But having had a crack and then got, oh, actually, yeah, this is not as important to me as I thought it was because I'm not making the time and I'm not enjoying running 26 kilometers in training. Um, yeah, it was a good, good experiment. Yeah, I've got another example of that. So I don't know what is going on, but I have been frequently targeted on Instagram for these families that have like six children. And then the the mums just like keep on having more and more babies. And there's just these giant, giant families. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you'll know I have never in my life wanted six children. I barely wanted one. Um, and that like I came to that decision quite late in life. But sometimes I look at these photos of these like families of nine on Instagram and I get these like weird feelings where I'm like oh like should I have had more children should I started having children earlier do I want six babies like what would I have like if I had six babies oh and I'm just God. like what is social media doing to me I don't want six children like I that's not that's I mean look other people do and that's perfectly fine but that is not something that has ever entered my head as something I've wanted but seeing it on Instagram you go oh do I want that and then it's just really important to put the phone down (laughs) remember how you felt before you saw that picture of like six little boys wearing matching jeans and white shirts and frolicking on a beach and just go, no, that is not actually something that I wanted before I saw that picture. And then just back away and just remember what, like, just remember your true values and don't let Instagram talk you into being. Yeah. Don't let Instagram be suggestible. (laughs) Understand your suggestibility. Exactly. Um, And don't run an experiment with kids. Don't decide I'll experiment with having six kids and see if I like it or not. That won't work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that brings us to the end of the topic today. So uh, move on to kicked our ass. And for me, it's just this week in general, it was a really, really rough week. I think um, everyone is fine, but we had a couple of scary family health problems and my work is all over the shop and I'm trying to do a business negotiation with someone and it's going terribly. Mm. And this week, like I, I really do try to keep it positive and generally most of the time I can, you know, muster up a little bit of sunshine, but today was a shit week. Today Aww. was a shit week. That is. <laughs> and you so rarely, I've, I don't actually reckon I've ever heard you say that. So it must've been really, really rubbish. And I'm sorry you had a crappy week. 
oh, thanks, Kel. Yeah, it was garbage. Yeah. Well, we must have <laughs> been on the same think? cycle because I, I too had a bit of a shit week. Um, yes, yeah, so the lead up to my birthday did kick my ass. Um, and also so too did the come down from my birthday. Oh, of course. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I went for a walk with one of my besties, Morag, who appears, listens to my show or this show. Oh, my show. <laughs> um, hello, Morag. Thanks for listening. Um, anyway, I walked with her for an hour and I pretty much sold my way through the entire oh, hour. Um, and you know, and she's so amazing and she just listens and she's totally holding space for me, but I'm just like, see, this is what I don't want to be doing. I don't want to oh. be going for a walk with one of my best friends and just crying for an hour. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, anyway, I can laugh about it now and I'm clearly feeling much better today. So clearly that was a very therapeutic walk, but it, yeah, I did the, my whole birthday thing just kicked my ass. Anyway, on to kicked ass. Uh, so I have been um, doing personal training sessions this lockdown, which are perfectly legal, uh, <laughs> and I'm really, really enjoying them. So the you're allowed to personal train with two other people, including the instructor, outdoors, which is what I'm doing two mornings a week. Um, so much harder than group workouts <laughs> yeah. because the trainer is like staring right at you. And I'm becoming really good mates with my trainer as well. Oh, so it's becoming so a little it's bit like of a catch up. It is. It's like a little therapy session. And oh. I was talking to her this morning and like we were both having a really rubbish week and she's just like for her it's really hard because she usually does group classes and yeah. they're, out, they're amazing classes but now she kind of spaces them all out and has kind of four hours of one-on-one yeah. and she's saying everyone is just treating it as therapy and she's just oh. like she's just like I'm just tired like I just all of these people just exercise and talk at me for 45 minutes <laughs> so it's just <laughs> like oh it's just crazy but I'm really enjoying it and it's really fun and she's lovely and it's just nice to have a person to you know talk to and catch up with and have those little markers in the week of normalcy which I'm I'm really enjoying no definitely well yes I on my catch up with my friend yesterday I uh which I definitely used as therapy um I did identify that work stress was contributing a bit to kind of this I've, I've probably been in a fragile state of mind for a solid month so look I kind of dialed back pushed back some things yesterday immediately after our walk um that, you know, they were manageable, but they were seeing me feel just like that tiny little bit overcommitted. So I immediately came home and just sent a couple of emails, dialing things back. And I'm just, yeah, very proud of myself for that. So that's there you go. really good. Um, yeah. So that's just about time to wrap up. And don't forget, we have a Patreon page, which keeps straight and curly in your year, in, <laughs> in your years. <laughs> Seriously, guys, this week, this week, <laughs> it keeps straight and curly in your ears and covers our production costs. If you love listening to the show and want to support it, you can visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly. You can also follow us on Instagram at smaggle and at Kelly Exeter. And don't forget to leave us a review because it helps other people find us. And finally, as always, do jump into the Facebook group and share your thoughts about this week's show. We look forward to chatting more with you in there. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. Mom.